Hi, my name is Mark Riggins, and I'm pastor here at LifePoint, located in Plano, Texas, and we meet here every Sunday at 1030, and we are here for your family. I hope today's message is an encouragement to you. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people, Mark 1.17. Every series, we like to have one verse that kind of summarizes the whole series, and this is it for this series. And so I want to ask you right now, would you just say this verse out loud with me? Say it with me. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people, Mark 1.17. So fish for people, meaning to share Jesus with others. Now, if that intimidates you, I just wanna tell you, sharing Jesus with other people, if that intimidates you, join the club. You have come to the perfect place. And what we wanna do in this series is just offer some refreshing ways that Jesus taught us to fish for people or to share our faith with others. So what we're doing in this series cast is we're just simply using that as an acronym that gives us four steps Jesus taught on how we can easily and effectively share Jesus with others. And so in quick review, week one, we saw the letter C is the idea of just a simple invitation that Jesus used to come and see. Remember, there are the two extremes. We can try and sell or we can remain silent. And Jesus instead invites us to use the invitation Come and see. And then week two, last week, we saw Pastor Ben led us through this idea of asking boldly. By the way, didn't Pastor Ben just do an amazing job teaching last week? Amen. And he taught us the difference between a 21st century prayer versus a first century prayer when it comes to asking boldly. Remember that? Our tendency is to pray, God, would you send someone to share Christ with them? the people that I know and love who are far from God. And he taught us to ask boldly, a first century prayer was, God, would you use me to share Jesus with them and let it be in a life-changing way? Ask boldly, different kind of prayer. And then today, week three, we are going to look at a shared partnership. And we're gonna talk about why this is just so important. Now, if you're here and you're new today, maybe this is your first time, I just want to give you a heads up first. We are so glad that you're here. And today is a little unique in that it's going to be kind of a family talk. And I'm glad that you're here because you're going to get to see what we value and how we go about trying to accomplish that value. So to kick us off today, I want us to look at this one question. What if our idea of fishing is all wrong? What if, when it comes to fishing for people or sharing our faith with others, what if God had something else in mind than what normally comes into our mind when we think of sharing Jesus with other people? And I believe that's the case because at the end of his ministry, Jesus has a conversation with his disciples and he introduces to them, to us and the world, a fishing partner that we don't often think about when we think of a weight being placed on us to share Jesus with others. Jesus didn't intend for us to just do this alone. So if you've got your Bibles, I wanna invite you to turn with me to see this conversation. I just wanna tell you, if you attend LifePoint, this is so paradigm shifting to the way we often think about sharing our faith and it's so important for us to understand this. It's a core value 
of our church. And I really want you to understand, based on this conversation Jesus has with his disciples at the end of his ministry, Matthew chapter 16, if you're grabbing a Bible there in your seat, you can turn to page 797. We're going to pick up this conversation between Jesus and his disciples. It takes place in the region of Caesarea Philippi, which is in the northern part of Israel, toward the end of his ministry, Jesus looks at his disciples and he asks this important question. He asks, who do people say the Son of Man is? The Son of Man was an important title that was given in the back in the book of Daniel as a prophetic title that would be given to the eventual Messiah. And we knew then during this time that people were anti-Jesus, some were for Jesus, but were confused about who he is, so people are talking about Jesus. And so the disciples respond and they say, well, here's what people are saying. Look at verse 14. They replied, well, some say you're John the Baptist, which is interesting because he had just died a few months earlier, so there was some kind of reincarnation thing that was sort of being promoted. Others say you're Elijah, who was a great prophet. Others, uh, Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. But they're definitely talking about you as if you are a legend, Jesus. And then Jesus turns the tables, as he always does, and he looks at them in verse 15 and says, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And this is the preeminent question of our lives. Who do you say Jesus is? And it doesn't matter who your pastor says Jesus is, who your church says Jesus is, your spouse, your parents, your grandparents. All that matters in the end is who do you say Jesus is? It's an invitation to wrestle with that question individually. And when Jesus asked that question, that per perfect question, Peter, the apostle Peter, is the first to respond. And he responds with what has become known as Peter's confession. It's a powerful, famous statement that Peter responds with in verse 16. Peter says, you are the Messiah. You are the son of of the living God. And you may wonder, well, why is that such a big deal? Why is that such a famous statement? Other people had said that Jesus was the Messiah. In fact, you may remember back in John 4, a couple of weeks, we looked at the woman at the well in Samaria, and she said, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Remember that? And there are other people, when there was a miracle, who would go, is this the Messiah? But this is the first time in a non-emotional way, one of Jesus' followers declares you are the Messiah. You are God the Son. And in this moment, it's as if the winds of change are beginning to blow and people are beginning to draw the lion in the sand who follow him and drive the stake in the ground and declare, we believe you are the long-promised Messiah. And then in response to that, look at verse 17, how Jesus responds to Peter's confession. He affirms it. He says in response, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this statement was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. You didn't make this up. Instead, it was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. He's saying this is an eternally significant thing you've just said. Now, I want you to watch because based on that statement, he is about to make a bold declaration Outside of his prediction that he would die and rise again, this is the most bold prediction, I believe, in human history. Watch how Jesus responds to this great confession of Peter's. In verse 18, he gives this bold prediction. He says, 
And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, on this statement, on this confession that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, I will build my, and say that word with me, church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now that word church is the word in original language, ecclesia, which simply meant a gathering for a specific purpose. And that wasn't a word that would have been foreign to the first century followers of Jesus. They would have thought, oh, an ecclesia. We have an ecclesia when we gather for the purpose of government. We have an ecclesia when we gather for the purpose of community. And now Jesus is saying, I will build a wave of gatherings that will gather for the purpose of pointing people to Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And then he goes on to say, and oh, by the way, just to make this clear, it is a people, not a place. So we gather here today, here in Plano, as LifePoint Church. But it's not a building or a place, is it? It's never been a building or a place. In fact, two weeks from today on Easter Sunday, we're going to gather at Rock Hill High School and we're going to launch a new campus as a one united family. And LifePoint Church will meet up there. Because it'll still be Life Point Church because it's never been a place, it's never been a building. And Jesus is saying it's an ecclesia, it's a gathering of people for a specific purpose to point people to Jesus the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And what he makes clear is it's not our church, it's his church. And we, the disciples, and we now in the 21st century, the followers, we're not building it. Jesus is building it. And for 2,000 years, he has been fulfilling that prediction. And every time you drive by a church, what you know is, oh, Jesus keeps his promise. He said he would build his church, and he continues to do it. And you know how he has done it for 2,000 years? A very simple way, and that is because followers are fishing. That's how he has been building his church. When people have followed Mark 1.17, when you come follow me, I will send you out to fish for people. And that's how I've been building my church. Jesus has been consistently doing what he said he would do 2,000 years ago there in Caesarea Philippi. Bottom line is, we cast and he catches. And we leave all that with him. Now, you may ask this question. Okay, Mark, that's fine. But what does the local church have to do with me as an individual fishing for people? Like, he tells me if I follow him, I am to fish. So what does that have to do with this local church? I love to wrestle with that one because that's the whole point of today. The reality is Jesus introduced there in Caesarea Philippi a shared partnership. In other words, you as an individual are in a partnership with your ecclesia with your local gathering that gathers for the purpose of pointing people to Jesus the Messiah, the Son of the living God. In other words, when you want to introduce other people to Jesus, one of the most effective ways you can do that is right here with your body of Christ. You see, the next best thing to someone meeting Jesus should be experiencing the body of Christ. Now, I know we all have stories where maybe we were in a church where that wasn't really the case or where there was some hurt or there was some brokenness because we're all human beings with brokenness and so we've often had those experiences. But this is how Jesus designed his church to be, to be a place where two or three gather in his name and guess what? He is there in the midst. 
He is here today. It is a powerful demonstration when others are here that barriers of faith are broken down. And we want to witness the fact that he meets with us. So this is a place we can bring others who are far from him. And they can experience Jesus for themselves. My friend Roger Shake and his wife Susan have been attending the church since last summer. And they had been on a couple of year journey where they were kind of looking for a, a church, looking for a new church, and they began to kind of look online during COVID and, and that kind of season where a lot of us were attending church online. And as they did that, they had been on that journey and, and they decided that they wanted to try LifePoint out. And it was going to be the first church they had attended in person for a couple of years. And Roger said when they came in and they began to sing and we began to worship, that he began to weep. And he just wept through the worship service. He said there was something about the power of corporate worship and the presence of Jesus. It is a powerful environment for other people to be exposed to our wonderful Father. And that is what Jesus had in mind, that this is a shared partnership between you and your ecclesia, you and your local church so a lot of people think that hey I need to share Jesus but it's a solo expedition and Jesus goes oh no 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 I'm giving you a shared partnership with your local church and that's why it's so important our vision is based on this concept we want to be a place here at LifePoint where anyone can belong before they believe where you can experience the body of Christ and the presence of Jesus even if you aren't there yet even if you don't have enough Bible knowledge even if you have theological objections we want you to be able to be here and experience him for yourself we want you to be able to say just come and see and this is a safe place for you to do exactly that so the bottom line is you know people who don't know Jesus the truth is we want you to have confidence to bring them here and here's our commitment whenever you bring a friend or a guest we'll do our very best to try and create an environment where they will be able to experience Jesus and we will partner with you in the fishing process it's kind of like a analogy that we like to use it's kind of like having dinner at your home you know when it's just your family and you're having dinner at your home then, then you may you know serve leftovers you might eat off of paper plates and you kind of get together with your family and you kind of tell the family memories. You talk about the family inside jokes. But when you have guests over with your family, well, then you may prepare the house a little more intentionally. You might serve a fresh meal and you might even break out the dishes. You're going to let them know where the bathroom is. You're going to let them know where the drinks are. And then you're probably going to tell instead of just the punchline, you're going to tell the entire joke so they can enjoy it too. Why? Because guests are here, and you want to serve your guest. The truth is, at LifePoint, that's how we want to partner with you. We want to be a place where it's easy to invite your friends to this ecclesia, to this place. Because Jesus taught us to fish, but he didn't tell us we had to fish alone. He created a fishing partner, and it's us doing this together. We are in a shared partnership. Now, having said all of that, we're going to wrap up our service a little differently today. In fact, we have a surprise for you. While we've been here this morning, there have been about 40 or 50 people up at Rock Hill, our new campus, setting up 
Rock Hill High School, practicing what it will take to set up all this equipment, and they were way too excited for 8 o'clock in the morning, in my opinion. But I am so grateful for these wonderful servants. Many of you are even part of this team, and we're so grateful for you. Why are we working hard to practice today? And the next week, we're going to have kind of a preview services for us, all in preparation for Easter Sunday when we're kind of publicly launching. Because we're trying to get the house ready for the guests that you are inviting, knowing that we are in partnership. So today, I want to invite you to do something. I want to invite you here in a minute to get in your car and then I want to invite you to go up to Rock Hill because they have it ready for you today and they want you to take a tour and they want you to come up and pray over the space. It's sort of an open house but it's more than an open house and we know that your time is valuable so we're going to finish in about a minute and we're going to give you time to go up there and check it out. If you're online, in fact, you are welcome to go. It's near the intersection of 380 and Coit, Rock Hill High School. We'd invite you to come and join us. And if you're new, just know we don't normally let out at 11, okay? I want to kind of set that expectation realistically. It's more like 11.30, 11.35, but we're great. And you can come up with us. We would love to have you there today. If you're a parent, your kids and students will also be dismissed right now, and they're ready for you to pick them up. Don't leave them and take off, right? I know the temptation, I'm a parent. But I just wanna tell you, this is more than an open house today. What we're inviting you to do is come up and pray with us. It's kind of a mobile gather when we've done our gathers. This is an important, when you leave today, we're gonna to hand you a piece of paper. And on that piece of paper has the address of Rock Hill High School. And then it's gonna give you the map of the interior of the campus. And then on the back of that piece of paper, there are prayer prompts that will walk you through things that you can pray in each space. And here's what we're gonna do. It's going to be a self-guided tour for you to walk through and pray over the space, to tour it all, to pray over it all. And the staff will be available for any questions that you might have. Before you leave, I just wanna ask one favor. Normally when we leave, we love to hang out and talk in the hallways and lobbies. We love to just connect with each other. I'm gonna ask you to do something different today. I'm gonna ask you to Head for the parking lot, jump in your car, and head on up there, and let's begin the tour. Let's pray together, and then we'll, we'll wrap things up early here today, and then we'll end our morning together at Rock Hill High School. You know why? Because you're inviting people there in a couple of weeks, and I think you ought to see it. I think you ought to check it out, and I hope you'll pray with us, because we know nothing eternally significant happens apart from prayer. See, we're in a shared partnership, and we get to do this together. And, well, we're so excited about two weeks from now, but at the end of the day, we know God's got all that. He, that's, that's up to him. He's going to change lives. We just cast, and he catches, and we're preparing the house for his glory and your guest. So that's how we're going to end our time together today. Don't forget, next Sunday, this is so important, Next Sunday, if you're online or here at Plano, the service starts at 9 o'clock. What time does the service start here at Plano next week? Say it with me. Okay, because if you show up at 10.30, well, that'd just be a bummer, okay? <laughs> However, 
Rock Hill High School next Sunday is at 1030. You can attend one, you can attend both, but you can't attend none, right? I just want to say that, throw that out there. We'd love to have you be part of next Sunday's a special day. We're excited about that. Here's what I want to do. I want to ask you to all stand. I'm going to pray. And then I'll see you at Rock Hill High School. Our second house, our new campus for God's glory. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for who you are. You are so clear that you not only call us to follow you, you don't just want us to enjoy a relationship with you, you want our, our family, our neighbors, our coworkers to experience an eternal relationship with you. And that means we fish, that means we cast, that means we share Jesus with others. And we do this together. And as you are building your church, one of the steps you are doing to build your church is giving us this new campus so that we can share Jesus with more people, so that we can build more believers. God, may it all be for your glory. We thank you for all these who are serving to make this a reality. And now with open hands, we give this all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, see you at Rock Hill. I hope today's message was an encouragement to you. And if you'd like a little more information about our church, just visit us on our website at lifepointplano.org.